I love my country. I love who I am as a woman on a whole. I try to embrace my culture as much as possible. But the truth be told, everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own path, their own mindset, their own course of action, their own plight and proclamations within life, their own deeds and declarations. I think it's really important for people to think about the economical gains and opportunities that we have in front of us at this point in time and how gargantuous those gains are. When we start to think about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the reality within our lives, the creations that we have, our courses of care, our core value, and the communication that's within the air, what do you get from it? Do you get a sense of labor, a sense of legacy? Do you get a sense of lineage? Some people prefer to think of our thought process as a structure of slavery, so to speak. A... crippling form of mind, so to speak. And the reason why I'm going to say that is because if you think about things where they are oppressing and suppressing any kind of um, experiences or any kind of opportunity, uh, slavery of mind to me would be allowing something to go on from one generation to the next. And that's not tradition. Slavery of mind to me would be um, something that oppresses. But sometimes people don't understand that slavery of mind, and I call it slavery of mind, is because um, it goes generation to generation and it bounds. It's bound, okay? It holds someone, it suppresses them, um, uh, mind, body, and soul, okay? Um, This can happen from... An economical standpoint, it could be from, you know, um, maybe being a part of a cheap labor force. It could be because of your legacy of your labor. It could be because of um, a lot of things. It could be a political alignment. It could be the things that you're saying within this life. It could be just merely your ego. Thinking that you're better than someone or thinking that you're less than someone the superiority and the inferiority of our society, the creations of our care. Wow. Those are what we end up seeing later on in life. So when it comes to slavery of mind, I hope everyone allows one thing to work for you. If there's anything that you're going to allow to oppress your mind, let it be the thought of liberation. But let that thought of liberation never take its toll on your heart. Never let the thought of liberation take its toll on your mind or take its toll on your soul. Because that is not what it is meant to do. Slavery of Mind to me is um, an excerpt that I wrote. And 
it will not be coming out until the end of this um, podcast, but it is really in depth. And the reason why I talk about it is because I want people to understand that the good, bad, and the ugly within our environment often comes from the alignment, the placement, you know, the exploration that we take within the ideologies that we have, the societal structures, and what becomes the societal norm. We can take the world by storm just based upon the ideologies that we are willing to plant within the seeds of our everyday society. Or we can destroy the very basis from which we have always proliferated from. We can cause our own predicaments and our own plight by just not adhering to some traditions that have always been held tight. And that is the tradition of common sense. Common sense cannot be minced with words. Common sense is just what it is. It is a, a sense of underlying totality. It is an underlying reality. It is the sense of rapport that is exploited that causes what you see within society. Now, when I say a sense of rapport, exploited, the reason why I'm saying that is because when someone gets that sense of this is our relationship, okay, like a friend with benefit, so to speak, all right, but there's no benefit to having this friend except for you're going to give them something, all right, and it's beneficial only on their behalf. So when you're talking about something on that level, okay, um, you could be speaking about a relation or a rapport that we're going to have in this relation, in this rapport that we have, it causes me a sense of oppression and it's going to cause me a sense of oppression in the, in the sense that you're taking this relationship for granted. Now this can happen with migrational matters. This can happen with a regular relationship. This can happen in, 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 um, giving assistance to somebody for Medicaid, so to speak, or Medicare, or, um, and not normally, not necessarily with the elders, but if you start to understand how something that becomes an abrasive, it becomes abrasive, okay, as an abrasive action, okay, it's just, you know, an abrasive association, but as it becomes more, um, I don't want to say valuable, so I'm going to say more tactile as it starts to touch you a little bit more, as it becomes too close for comfort. Some of these relationships, some of these rapports, okay, and they take to take they they um, t- take on more of a strenuous tone on on the economical on the on the proclamation of the plate itself, okay, and it starts to pop, and okay, and and that's when I look at things from a different kind of standpoint. So these creations of care that we have, these core values, this communication that we have, the optics that comes from it, a lot of these things create this this slavery of mind. But the slavery of mind is a polar opposite of what most people might think that it normally would be. And the reason why is because the person that's actually liberating is becoming the enslavee. You have to be careful about the way that you help people. You have to remember that sometimes you have to put self first. Think about being on that airplane and when they say, hey, you can't help anybody unless you put your mask on first and then help assisting the next person. Think about it like you're climbing up that ladder. And that might be the societal ladder. That might be the occupational ladder. That might be, there's the ladder of life. La, la, la. Well, it's really hard to climb that ladder of life when you have so much burden and, and 
and barriers and strife that is attached to your back while you're climbing on. And um, so there's a lot of different ways that you can think about these proliferations of, of plight. Um, but I rather look at it as a standard operating procedure of the way that you look at people within your life. So the reason why I talked about slavery of mind is because I want people to understand that slavery of mind is a way of liberating. And it's a way of liberating by just understanding that you have to have a, a sense of distance, a sense of, of display, a, a demeanor of, of sincerity. But more than a demeanor of sincerity, it's um, sometimes a demeanor of sincerity, just it's the equivalent of a demeanor of satiation. Um, it just makes people demand you know, um, or be obsessed with satiation. So you have to be very careful about when you're being sincere with people and when you're assisting people, because sometimes people will take this as a, you know, um, a, a foot in the door, um, so to speak. Um, and that foot in the door ends up kicking that door wide open. And it's like popping the lid off a Pandora's box. Once it comes off, you kind of can't get it back on. So it's kind of like talking like a box of rocks, but actually oxymoronish in a way, because God tells us that, or the Bible tells us, and many other religions has told us that we are supposed to be humanitarians, but um, being a humanitarian is also understanding that um, liberation and life are one thing that we are not entitled to. It is something that we live for. Okay. Um, liberation of life. Okay. Um being free. But one thing that we do not live for is we do not live for the lifestyle of God. Okay. Um, some of us do, we embrace a lifestyle that, um, that carries the belief of God, but not all of us live in that lifestyle where we believe that we are supposed to dictate whether someone is supposed to live or die. Some people might feel like they're their own personal gods. Um, but that's neither here nor there. It's awesome. I'm so glad that I'm not publishing this. But anyway, this is um, considered a mental note. So either or, um, this is going out in a way so that people can understand that the status of slavery needs to be disassociated. Um, and that is how this comes down to. And that is why this book goes backwards. Um, and we talk about a lot of the mindset and a lot of the the situational ironies of what slavery itself actually is and how someone who is liberated can become enslaved and how someone who is enslaved can become liberated by assistance and how taking advantage of someone who is liberating you can enslave them so be careful of the assistance that you give and please understand that some things are very short-lived and the reason why is because like the rose when it is cut it is predisposed to an early death. And so is a migrational effect. So that being said, you guys, I rattle all these things off in my head, but with no disrespect, I just need you guys to understand from the ideologies from which I project. Um, this is my frame of mind, GPS and all the time. All right, you guys, this is little pimp what is this not big pimp and little scrimping all the time all right you guys i gotta throw this on the back of the line hook line and sinker and that is the end of mental note.
Um, yeah, point of no return pl- placement. Thank you.